What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Finance for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wren. Join me as we dig into what it looks like for physicians to begin using their finances as a tool to live better lives. You can learn more about our resources at financeforphysicians.co. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everyone. I am uh, looking forward to talking about a hot topic today. It seems like it keeps coming up in our conversations with people. Uh, It's definitely in the news, and and the topic is inflation. So we're going to be talking about inflation and really focus today would be on like applying it to your situation and, you know, just some things to be thinking about. The goal here is to not, you know, stress about it and make sure you're making good decisions at the end of the day. So we're going to we're going to talk about that and uh, hopefully take you'll get some takeaways to kind of put you at ease here. And um, or, you know, if changes need to be made, start making some good changes. So we'll jump into that now. Okay, so we're talking inflation. Uh, a few episodes back, I got into inflation and a little bit more of like the why behind it and and kind of how it works. So definitely check that out if you're uh, if you want to learn you know more about what's going on. You know what is inflation? Why is it occurring now? And how's the recent events uh, tying into that and amplifying it? So so definitely check that out. I'll link to it in the show notes, but. Quick, just summary or quick uh, review on on that. Basically, inflation is when prices or uh, the cost of goods and services increases over time. So you know whether it be like the gas prices go are going up over time, or the cost of bread and milk goes up. If you think about it, I'm sure you've seen those little um, books that they have. Like they show like the year you were born. I always remember seeing them in like the Cracker Barrel. If if you're from the South, you hopefully know what that is. But um, they had the, they have these books, and it shows like 1983. That's when I was born, and you can buy the book, and it shows like what was going on in 1983. One of the things they have in there is like the cost of bread and milk, and the uh, cost for a movie ticket, and all those sorts of things. Which it's always interesting to look at that because it's surprisingly low. And so, and if you especially talk to your grandparents or uh, anyone that's older, uh, they're going to remember the day when things were very inexpensive. So that's basically inflation over long periods of time. The end result of it is that your money, especially like a dollar in your pocket, is going to lose value. So the government targets like to keep inflation ideally into like two per two to three percent range is their target, which they've been they they've done a pretty good job at that until recently. I think the pandemic. At least that's what a lot of people say is that's set off this recent uh, increase in inflation. So as of this recording, it's closer. It's like eight and a half percent, 12 months uh, ending. And so that's, you know, considered higher inflation. So that's about uh, I think that was as of uh, April of 2022. And so that most people consider that high inflation. And so if you're not careful, the concern here is that Inflation is another element kind of like adding into the mix. So if inflation was just consistently 2% exactly forever every year, that would simplify the world a little bit and it would make it just one less thing to think about. But when you add it into the mix, when things change, it's just one additional factor to take into consideration uh, that can potentially cause problems or mistakes. 
you know, it can be opportunity. It can be an opportunity as well. So, uh, so we're going to talk through that uh, a little bit more, like how you can kind of take some steps to make sure you're doing what you need to do. Uh, but the big issue is, is things are getting more expensive. And I think the question to ask is like, are you keeping pace? Uh, are you being efficient? Because some things you, you kind of like, you have to have a dollar in your pocket, or I guess you don't <laughs> these days as much, but most people like to keep some cash pure, you know, straight up currency in their pocket. But that is going to, mo you know, for sure lose value as inflation goes up and it's going to increase. The higher inflation is, the faster it's losing value as it's, you know, sitting in your pocket. You know, the question is like, how much should you have in your pocket versus in other places and that sort of thing. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. But first, so I think there's the way I would look at it is there's like two main components of your finances to think about and keep an eye on in regards to inflation. So the first would be income and the second would be assets. Income is really a great inflation hedge. Historically, wages keep up with inflation, maybe even slightly outpace inflation. So in this, I'm talking for the masses. Um, maybe you've had some, um, maybe your, your pay has not quite gone up with inflation, but overall, uh, historically, wages are a great uh, inflation hedge and they keep pace very well with inflation, uh, which is a, it's a very good thing. So as long as you're working and earning an income. Now, if you're retired or you're not currently working, uh, that kind of like amplifies the effect of inflation on you. But if you're working, I think the key or takeaway here is just to make sure your compensation is keeping pace with inflation. Uh, that will allow you to, you know, at least maintain your ground. Assets get a little bit more uh, complicated. So assets, I guess, let's start out with cash. It's, it's straightforward. You know, either, either it's like a dollar in your pocket, like I was talking about, or just a checking account that pays nothing. If inflation is say 10% per year, the cash is, so prices are getting higher by 10% a year. In that example, your cash in your pocket or in your checking account is essentially losing 10% of value per year. On the other hand, if you have like an investment, so that's a different type of asset. If you have an investment that over that same 12 month period of time loses 10% of its value uh, and inflation is 10%. So that compounds it. It's really like a real loss of like almost 20%, like 19%. So inflation has a way of like eating up the value of your assets, especially if you're not careful. Now, Short term, so assets, I think it's good to look short term, long term and start to kind of parse them out. Short term, the numbers can get really scary to look at. Like right now, inflation is over 8%, like, like I mentioned, but cash is paying nothing. And investments lately have been down. Even bonds have been down. Bond values have gone down lately. A lot of that is due to like fears about inflation in the future. But either way, like Cash is paying nothing. Investments have gone down lately. Inflation is over 8%. That's a very concerning picture. Because if you look over the past 12 months, you know, your checking account has lost, you know, 8% of value just by inflation eating it up. But your investment account maybe is down, you know, 8% before even incorporating inflation. So it's even down more than your, um, your cash accounts. 
And so, but we have to remember that the short term very easily can get all backwards and tons of emotion. And that's when a lot of the errors happen is when people make big decisions based on short term, like volatile times and emotions kick in, especially when we're talking about like long term oriented things. So I'll circle back to that in a second, but like be careful with the short term, short term periods of time, get wacky. That's normal. Like things get backwards and don't make much sense. Because if we only looked at this 12 month period slice of time, it would not make much sense. But that's very highly uh, unlikely. Historically, this kind of thing does not last for the long term. So you have to you have to keep the long view in mind also when we look at all this stuff. It's good to understand what's going on, but you have to kind of remind yourself of what that long term tends to historically revert to. Uh, and the long term, like historically, the long term reverts to, you know, basically, you know, some sort of sanity. It cuts out a lot of this emotional volatility that we're seeing. So long term, I have I'll link to some long term um, return uh, per, uh, reports and graphs and that kind of thing. But if we look at the long term, so long term inflation tends to be, um, you know, pretty pretty low. Uh, there's spikes in time where it's high. So like right now it's eight and a half percent past 12 months, but the past like multiple years, it's been below 5%. Uh, I guess all the way back to like 1980s. The last time it was high, the last time it was in the range of what it is now was back in like the early eighties, like maybe 1982, it was in January of 1982, it was 8.4%, 12 months ending. And then 1981 had over 10% inflation. So that was a spike. But um, if you look at like the long, long-term averages of inflation, uh, it's it ends up, you know, flattening out to be relatively uh, low. So, so some things you can compare it to, if we're looking long-term, might be like, stocks and bonds or maybe cash or real estate or those sorts of things so if we compare it to stocks well like i mentioned it just a minute ago if we're talking short term you know it's all over the place so short term right now it's like inflation's higher than uh, even the performance of stocks so you're losing ground but i'm talking about long term now so if we talk so like let's say 10 plus years like and this i'll link to a chart that's like all the way back, like, uh, you know, I think this thing goes back like, yeah, to like 1926. So this visual I'll link to is going all the way back to 1926. So before the Great Depression. And so stocks do exceptionally well, like they outpace inflation dramatically. Um, over long periods of time, stocks can be volatile, but they dramatically outpace inflation. And they're you know, historically a fantastic inflation hedge, like they outpace inflation considerably. They perform very well, uh, you know, historically relative to inflation. Bonds even uh, do very well. Um, their historical long-term performance is below stocks, but they, especially like longer-term bonds, historically perform, perform very well relative to inflation. They tend to outpace inflation. 
there's there are types of bonds that are designed to like keep pace with inflation. So like an I bond, I'll talk a little bit about an I bond uh, that's been coming up lately. I bonds are designed to be like exactly what inflation is. So I bonds are you know basically equal to inflation, but historically they're like at the bottom of the returns. Like they're they're kind of like neck and neck with uh, inflation, and in, in that they're not 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 doing as well as long-term bonds or stocks. Uh, real estate tends to do well versus inflation, especially like real estate as a business. Now, real estate, like just owning real estate itself tends to do, you know, tends to kind of be around inflation. But when you're running running it as a business, it can outperform inflation very well. And then cash, we've already talked about cash. Cash historically underperforms inflation quite a bit. So it's, you know, in other words, cash is losing ground uh, to inflation. So there's a the interesting part about it is like, what are you doing about this? What are your concerns? Like, wh- how how much of these different assets do you have? And I think, but, but before we get into like specifics, I would think about some of these questions and and ask them of yourself. Like, or even before that, like, are you concerned about inflation? Like what is the underlying reason like why why are you worried about inflation i think that's a good question to ask yourself or why might you be worried about inflation because maybe like you have a very good mix of all those assets and you're basically doing the best you can in that case like there's no reason to worry about this stuff you're doing what you got you, you're doing all you can and you know you're good. But in a lot of other cases, maybe you're not, or maybe you're just not sure. So common concerns we see uh, that pop up, people will, you know, say something like, I'm getting killed on my cash, like, my cash is not returning anything, I need to do something with it, like maybe buy I bonds or, you know, something else. Or maybe people are saying my, my investments lately are getting killed, which they have been. And short term, it's like, downturn. Maybe I need to make some changes on how I'm investing or, you know, not invest as much of my new cash into investments. The news kind of amps this all up. They tell you you should be worried. And we kind of take that in a little bit and it can amplify our, our fears. So how do you address those concerns? Well, you know, looking at cash, I think the big killer in inflationary times is cash. And so what can sometimes happen when there's fear concerns, people make changes towards the direction of safety. They like flock to safety. And the safer assets in particular, like cash or, you know, savings accounts, uh, they long-term perform the worst relative to inflation. But there's this short-term pull towards them um, no matter what, like crazy markets going on. Um, but like with inflation, people are like concerned. So maybe people are kind of like worried about investing. So that a lot of these problems where people lose ground tie into having too much cash, maybe, or the other big mistake is like making changes to how you're investing because of inflation changing. So I think, the key to all this is having a solid financial plan. Like this goes back to 
you got to kind of peel back the layers. Like ideally, so a, a solid financial plan is where you're pairing up your goals and the purpose for your resources together. So you're, in other words, you're like partnering your resources with or, or, or uh, matching your resources with their given purpose and, and tying it into your goal. So it helps you have better answers to all, some of those questions I was throwing out. It has it gives you some intent and some purpose. And inflation concerns are normal, like they come up, but it gets really, really amped up when you don't have a solid, clear financial plan. So a good financial plan is going to help you, like I said, pair up those goals and purpose with the resources you have. First part of a good plan is like, it's going to show you like, it's going to help you map out like a good short-term reserve plan. So like a lot of this stuff about inflation is external. It's like factors you have zero control over. And so it's better to focus in on what you have control over and make a plan based on your goals. And so in the short term, there's only so many things you are going to need short-term wise. Like typically cash is a fantastic resource to pair up with a short-term goal. And so for these short-term plans, oftentimes, so a common one is like emergencies, like a who knows what's going to happen, or like a big uh, major purchase in the next year or so. You can like map out what all that short-term stuff is that you need to earmark cash for. And ideally, you should have like an exact cash number that is based on your plan and it is what it is. And so cash is a fantastic place to put resources that are tied to those short-term reserves. And inflation is what it is. I mean, it's going to happen and it's going to eat up the value of that. But like, it still doesn't change the fact that you need to have it in cash. And then long-term, a good financial plan is going to help you map, you know, the long-term goals and your long-term game plan with with your resources as well. So investing is a, a, the most common, you know, vehicle or approach to help uh, people like maxim uh, maximize or make progress towards those long-term plans. And it's efficient. I mean, it works really well. Like I was mentioning before, it, it outpaces inflation considerably. Um, and so if you have, so ideally you have all that like matched up where your dollars are kind of doing its thing. Your, your cash is like, makes sense. You don't have too much cash. You don't have too little. And everything else is like kind of earmarked for long-term stuff and it's invested and doing its thing. You, you should be like maximizing efficiency and, and you're going to be far less susceptible to, to inflation or even concerns about inflation. Now, when you don't have a plan, you're going to be pr prone to worrying about like all these scary news stories in the markets and maybe you take action on that uh, fear and uh, or maybe you don't take any action and and um, which can also be potentially an error. But so the key, though, I think is having a plan like your plan. And um, I think a lot of these concerns that people are having are kind of rooted in the fact that they have these dollars that are just you know, not exactly uh, accounted for, uh, or they're not, they don't have a clear purpose. So the most, one of the common scenarios is like, 
maybe maybe you have a lot of cash and maybe 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 you feel like it's a good amount or maybe you're just not sure but like you have a lot of cash and so right now you're like man i'm getting killed with inflation and so common solution is like i need to do something about it and i'm going to buy something like i bonds so i bonds are designed like they're the best way to like match inflation and they're you know a great tool for doing that so maybe you start buying i bonds with that cash and that is a better solution than just sitting in cash because it does return more, uh, you know, especially right now, it's like going to be right with inflation. The problem is like you had too much cash potentially, or you're not even sure. So maybe a large chunk of that cash should have been like paired up with longer term goals and, you know, may have been better suited going into something totally different than either one of those things in the first place. And if say it's a long-term, say it has a long-term use, you pair that up with something like a longer-term investment, then it's kind of like not even a consideration for I-bonds. So I think, I think a lot of times the problem is that there's not an underlying plan. There's not a purpose for the dollars. And when there's not a purpose for the dollars, it's very scary to see them. It makes it almost scarier to see them losing value it's like if you haven't invested and you know it's for retirement, you're like, ah, yeah, no big deal. I mean, I'm not going to use the money in the short term anyway. It's for retirement. That's a long time away. I get the market's going to go up and down. Not a big deal. But when it's like in your cash accounts and you feel it, this inflation eating it up, it's like, well, um, that really stinks. Uh, that I'm, it's just It just really gets to you. So I think the takeaway is if you don't have a financial plan, this is a very good reason to have one and make sure you're pairing up those goals that you have with all these resources that you have available. And I think that the end goal will be you'll, you'll worry less uh, about things like that, like inflation. You'll have more confidence in the decisions that you're making. All right. Uh, that's enough inflation for today. So uh, hopefully we don't have to talk about it much in the future. Hopefully things kind of revert back to this uh, lower inflation uh, phase, but you never know. I'm terrible at predicting the future, so um, it's best to kind of assume we we don't really know what the future is. Uh, and we'll keep, if it keeps continuing, we'll keep talking about it and um, and uh, make sure you're navigating it uh, as, best, as best you can. As always, good catching up with you, and we'll talk to you next time. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please give us a review on iTunes and share with a friend. Also, check out our website at financeforphysicians.co for all sorts of additional content. See you next time. Finance for Physicians is not an investment, tax, legal, or financial advisor. All content included in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial tax or legal advice. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by Finance for Physicians as to another party's informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. If you don't have an advisor or would like a second opinion, feel free to check out our website for recommended advisors.